0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Noteworthy Podcast. I feel so privileged that you're here today and that you took time to tune into the show. Today is a very special day because it is episode 50 and it is the very first episode of 2020. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you had an incredible 2019 and it's behind you now. So if it wasn't a good for year for you, it's time to move forward into a new year and make the changes that you need to make so that you can be everything that God has called you to be. On today's episode of the Noteworthy Podcast, I'm so excited about our guest, my good friend, James Wilson. James is an incredible guy, he is anointed. We had the privilege of working with him at North American Youth Congress last year in 2019, and I just was able to see how incredible James really is. He is as real as they come. He is anointed. He loves God, and he is incredibly, I mean, incredibly talented. The guy can do anything. You might know him from his hit song, Wait on the Lord. Songs like Give Me Jesus are Able to Do Anything. And we're going to talk some about those songs today and talk about his music ministry and where it all started for him. So James, if you're listening, thanks so much for taking time to be on the show, bro. It means the world. Getting to visit with you meant so much. And for all you lovely listeners that tuned in today, I love you guys very much. And I appreciate you for taking time to tune into the episode today. Before we get started, I want to make sure that everybody listening knows that if you are listening on Apple podcast, do me a favor and go rate the show, leave a review. This really helps spread the word online about the show and it helps us to get more listeners and what an incredible ministry it has been. So guys, thank you for taking time to do that real quick and let's enjoy the interview with James Wilson. Let's go. Hey, man, how are you?
1: Good. How are you, bro?
0: Hey, I am doing great. Um, For everybody listening, guys, I am on the line with James Wilson. What an honor. What a privilege, bro. Thank you for being on the podcast today.
1: Nathan, I appreciate it, man. It is an honor for me. Uh, Obviously, bro, we had an opportunity to work together uh, this past summer at NAYC, and you've just been... A tremendous inspiration to me personally, so oh, I just count it a high honor, man, to be uh to be on the podcast today. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Oh man, that means so much, bro. Like I thank God like all the time for friends like you and and just apostolic artists that are making such a difference in the movement and, and across the world. And I I want you to know I, I really feel privileged to uh, to get to talk to you today, I, I I'm thankful for your friendship and how cool was it that that we got to connect this year and God just crossed our paths as He has done yeah. with so many people. Um. So, but what I'd like to do today, um, I want to talk some about your music ministry and, and your preaching yep. ministry, and I know that the listeners are so excited to hear from you right now. If they feel like I do, they're just pumped about your story and just getting to know some about you because uh most people know about your music and, and they see the live recording and N A Y C and all that. Um, but I'd love sure. to kind of start with kind of the, the young James Wilson. I I know you're young, don't worry, you're not old, but like the really young <laughs>
1: <laughs> the really Bro, young you're, you're James on a, on a very uh, sensitive note, I've turned 30 <laughs> this upcoming year, so Bro. I just, I want you to be careful there. I feel like I'm getting a little bit old, but <laughs> wasn't it, wasn't it <laughs> your birthday at,
0: still? wait, don't you and Rachel have like the same birthday?
1: I think, so my birthday is August 3rd. I know it was close.
0: Oh, we were celebrating. Yeah. So hers okay. is August 2nd. So we were, Okay. I remember at NAYC, we celebrated both of you guys and so. Uh, you're yeah. still young, bro. Don't worry about that. But <laughs> but let's rewind to the really young James. And uh, I'd love yeah. to talk a little bit about uh, when did your love for music begin? And when did this all start for you?
1: Yeah, so I grew up in a pretty musical home. My dad, Ron Wilson, has been the minister of music at the church that I grew up at in South Mississippi for Man, it's probably been 20 years now that he's been the music director there. Uh, And so I grew up in a very musical home. My dad's a great organist, piano player. Um, And so, yeah, man, that was kind of the start. I started out playing drums at age five. Um, Kind of funny story. I got an opportunity to play because we had like this big ladies conference at our church and the normal drummer couldn't play because he had to work he was like a teenager at the time couldn't play and so Mm -hmm. uh, we were just kind of in a hard spot and they were like who can we get to play drums and at the time I was five and my dad said well James can play and so they're kind of looking like what you know like he can can even touch the pedals and uh, so it's funny I actually stood up and played uh, because I couldn't sit on the Drum throne and play, so <laughs> that was that was my start. I started out as a drummer doing that, and wow. Uh, then started lead worship about 16, and uh, yeah, man, that's just kind of a a brief kind of overview of how I got into music, and just yeah, just kind of grew up around it. So I'm very fortunate and blessed to have a father that uh, is so talented and gifted, and. It was kind of one of the more of those things. Uh, one of those things that was caught more so than it was taught. So I'm I'm privileged to have had that growing up.
0: Wow, that's incredible, bro. So um, when did the when did the songwriting journey start for you? Did you start writing that young, or did you just start playing that young?
1: So I guess I was probably around eight or nine, and my mom heard me singing, uh, in the shower actually, and, uh, was just listening to what I was singing. And, you know, I got out and she said, James, what, what are you singing? I said, Oh, it's it's just some song that I you know made up off the top of my head. And she kind of like stopped dead in her tracks and I'll, I'll never forget it. She said, James, she said, that is a gift, son. And she said, we're going to get you a notebook. And, um, You need to start writing these songs like when you start getting these songs you need to start writing them down and so i'm so grateful nathan that i had parents and in particular in this case my mom that recognized that god had given me something because i didn't recognize it i was too young i thought you know everyone uh could do what i was doing i didn't think that it was anything spectacular but god helped my mom to you know recognize that god had given me something and Uh, She, at that very young age, her and dad, just began to hone that and to cultivate that. And so that's kind of my start as a songwriter. And then uh, as I got older, I guess I was probably about 12 or 13 uh, when it really kind of clicked and I got serious about songwriting. And so then I, you know, from that point on, just really intentionally tried to work on developing that craft and, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's kind of how I got started oh, that's, songwriting.
0: That's awesome, dude. I love how you talked about your parents. You know, there's, there's a famous painter, um, that he, he drew a painting when he was a little boy. And,
1: yeah,
0: he, his, his mama came up to him and gave him a kiss and said, that looks beautiful, sweetheart. And yeah. he said, that kiss made me a painter because wow. it was a terrible, it was a terrible painting, but my mother liked it. And so, wow. So um I love it. Yeah, love, I'm bro. sure that
1: song wasn't a smash shit that I was singing in the shower that day. So <laughs> You know what?
0: You saw you saw the song in the shower, but your your mama saw wait on the Lord. Woo! Yeah. Oh man. Wow. Bro. So anyways, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that with us. Uh yeah. man, I feel the Holy Ghost here, bro. Um, so your songs are uh, just they're just making such an impact. I I gotta tell you, bro, your album the this the times that it has ministered to me. I know, I know you hear it all over the world, and and you're probably tired of hearing it. But bro, this this album has just blessed me in so many ways. Um, would you mind sharing with our listeners what your songwriting process looks like now? You know, at sure. this point in your life. Uh, what does it look like for you when you're you're looking at a blank page maybe you're sitting at a piano i know you basically play every instrument under the sun so whatever <laughs> instrument you're sitting at um what does that look like between the blank page and the songs that we hear on the recordings
1: yeah you know for me man i um i really feel that there has to be a balance between um Divine inspiration mm-hmm. and the craft yeah. side of things. Right. And I think so many times people go to one side or the other. You know, there's some people wow. who feel the only time they can write is when they feel God and they feel divine inspiration. And I certainly think that's a part of it, but to me, it's a balance of uh, understanding that sometimes God is going to drop things in your lap. And then other times, um, you got to kind of work for it. Um, and I, you know, I guess ultimately I'm of the opinion that even when you kind of have to dig, dig for it a little bit, it's still divinely inspired.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so what I try to do, man, is I just try to listen, um, at, at all points and times in my life, because God will drop thoughts and notes to you and you, you probably know this as a songwriter uh, in every type of scenario, situation, season, and and then you know. So I keep kind of a running list of ideas, and um, and then once um, I kind of have some ideas, um, to me that's where the craft side of things kind of comes in because every song is it going to you know there there have been some songs I've gotten just boom spark just boom it all comes but most of the time i'll have an idea and then it's up to me to sit down and just kind of start working on it so you know i'll start with an idea and Mm -hmm. okay start working on it and as far as my process of crafting a song you know i like to look at the uh the verse as kind of like the conflict um And then the course as the resolution kind of to that conflict and then the bridge as the, um, I guess, kind of a, a restatement maybe of the resolution a little bit or, you know, the bridge can kind of take a different angle on the resolution. And so that's kind of my process. You know, if I have a, you know, for instance, you know, when I was writing Wait on the Lord, I got the course first. Uh, Because I knew I wanted to write something with that passage of scripture that I was literally having to live by at the time. You know, toughest season of my life. I need to wait from you, Lord. And so I wrote the course, but it was the challenge was finding a verse that could set up that course. And so um, I had to find the conflict. And so I just began to think about my personal life and where where was that conflict at right now why did i not want to wait on the lord well the reason i didn't want to wait on god was because i had you know this mountain in my way i had this problem in my life that i wanted god to take care of immediately i wanted it to be done with then and so that was the that was the conflict uh and so that's where you know you know there's not a mountain too tall you know i presented the conflict in that verse, like there's, we all have mountains. We all have problems that we feel like are, are insurmountable mountains. We feel like are insurmountable, but then boom, the resolution. But if you'll wait on the Lord, he'll, he'll renew your strength. Wow. So that's kind of my process for songwriting, you know, uh, from a, I guess a practical standpoint,
0: man, I love that. I'm glad you, I'm glad you hit on wait on the Lord. Cause I was going to, I was going to ask you about that. Um that song is um you know it's debatable cuz you have so many great songs but that's probably the song that most people know um sure. f- from your album I know you released it as a single yeah. and so wait on the lord came from this this deep place and it's it's incredible bro I was I know I was talking to you earlier today about this but but um Yeah Man, at NAYC when when we were up there and and we st- and you started singing "Wait on the Lord, bro," puddles like I was a mess. I was just bawling the entire time because that song. I I don't think there's a person in that thirty six thousand person audience that couldn't relate to what you were singing about. And your your mother is right. That is a gift to to be able to touch people's heart and and move people's minds to a place where they can feel the presence of God. And really, that's what leading worship and music is all Absolutely. about. You know, Absolutely. if if we're not doing that, then what are we doing? You know, and so sure. I thank God for, for people like you. And so when when you released Wait on the Lord, I know you released it as a single, and there was just this huge response to it. Uh, what was that like for you? Were you... Were you ready for that? Were you expecting that? Did it shock you? What was that moment like for you?
1: Um, you know, man, it, it was a mixed bag of emotions uh, because, in many ways, I was not expecting this to happen. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. But in many ways, I was, wow. and, and let me explain without without it's kind of clarify for. for For those that might think that might sound a bit arrogant, um, bro, I just I just believe in the promises of God so much that that when God actually does fulfill his word, I'm not surprised. (laughs) And, you know, I I had some pretty um, incredible promises made to me, man, whenever I was a young man. And I say this, I share this to encourage someone today, because maybe you're in a situation right now where you feel obscure. You feel like no one knows you, but God has made you some promises and you're like, how in the world is this ever going to come to pass? I, nobody even knows who I am. Yeah. You know, and I I grew up in a situation very similar. I grew up at a very small church. Um, no one uh, knew my name. I didn't get involved in like district activities or district functions until I was probably 19. And, you know, then I got an opportunity to sing at like a district function. And so, you know, I just grew up with as a teenager and young person just feeling kind of like obscure, but knowing that God had something for me and just just kind of waiting for the opportunity for God to, to, to use me in that way. And not that you need a stage to be used of God. You know, I served right. in my local church and I was content with that, but right. yeah. I just always felt like God wanted to do more than what, what's kind of happening. But, you know, God made me some promises, bro. When I was, I, I'll never forget this, you know, uh, and I'll try to hurry through this story so I can get to, to the point of even, you know, even sharing this, but
0: Take your time, I was bro.
1: probably 10 or 11 And we had a prophet that came to our church and I was playing drums at the time still. And he came over to me and he prayed for me and he said, son, he said, you know, I don't know you. He said, "Um, but God just told me that your music is going to be all over the world and touch thousands of people. Wow. And um I just kind of remember sitting there thinking, what is he talking about? Because although at the time my mom had given me this notebook and, you know, I knew I had a ability, like I, at that time that wasn't even on the radar. I didn't really still consider myself a soul. Whenever he said that, I had no idea what he was referring to. I thought he was referring to, well, maybe one day I'll like play drums all over the world for like, I don't know, some famous gospel singer or something. So oh. I thought, well, that you know, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But um, about the time I turned 18, it all kind of came back to me. And I remembered that instance. Literally, I didn't think about that night and that prophecy until I was probably 18 or 19. And it hit me around that age. Oh, my goodness. God made a promise to me about these things. And all throughout my teenage years, unintentionally, I had been honing and developing this gift and this, this, this talent. Like I said, at about 12 was kind of when the switch flipped and I intentionally started developing um, my songwriting and production, you know, and all that stuff, just intentionally started working on all of that. Um, and so whenever I got to 18, I realized that God had made me some promises and remembered those things. I I got a hold of it, Nathan, and I believed wow. it, bro. Man, and there there were seasons in my life when people tried to talk me out of it and back me down from it, wow. and seasons where I wanted to give up, but God had given me a word about what He wanted to do in my life, and it wasn't it's it oh, wasn't goodness. about me, and it's never been about me, but right. yeah. God won. Like God wanted to use me to lead others to him. And that was what made it such a serious thing for me is, man, if I can impact the kingdom of God in in this way, I want to do that. And God, you said that that it was going to happen. So, like, I believe it. I believe it. And so fast forward, you know, 10 plus years to 2018. And, you know, I'm getting ready to do this live recording. And, man, I, I'll never forget the night, you know, that we're sitting there for the recording. And the team was so gracious to me, man. And I think Brother Chavis was actually the one who kind of let me have this moment. But he told everyone, hey, let's go out of the room. Let's go go into the sanctuary. You know, James needs to have a moment with just him and God. Wow. And I remember sitting there, bro. In that room by myself, in that green room by myself, just me and God and just being overwhelmed, man, with the um, the gravity of what I felt like God was getting ready to do. And there was such a strong sense, man, Man, of destiny and on on that night and on that moment. And I remember thinking, God, I really think you're going to do something with this. I really think that you're going to take this far beyond, uh, you know, what I can do on my own. And I believe that your hand is on. And it was just such a cool moment. And so, again, fast forward to whenever the song got released and and things just kind of started happening, um, bro, I was absolutely thrilled and humbled. But at the same time, man, I was completely... Just excited. And I expected it to happen, not because I'm awesome and not because I'm great, but because God made me a promise, man. And God is faithful. Man, And if God makes you a promise, he's going to fulfill his word. And so, bro, I just I just kind of got to sit back and just just I was in awe of of what was happening, but not in awe that it was happening, if that makes sense. Right. Right. And so I'm just I'm grateful, man. And to anyone out there who's listening again, I shared all that to let you know that God is faithful and he is a keeper of his word. There's not one word that God speaks that will fall to the ground. If God has made you a promise, I am a witness that he will come through. Uh, He doesn't need your your help. He doesn't need you to make things happen. He doesn't need you to have the right last name or the right uh, you know, the right amount of money or, or fame or any, like if God has made you a promise, I'm a witness that he can take some, you know, country Mississippi boy that nobody knew, uh, that that no one ever saw coming that had a shot. I don't have a dad that has a, a last name or anything like that. And God has just taken my life and he's He's used it for his glory. and And I'm just, I just want to encourage someone that that God knows what he's doing and he's faithful to his word. So if he's made you a promise, hold on to that and he he's he's a God of his word and he will come through for you.
0: Man, praise God. Thank you, James. Man. That's so powerful, bro. Have you have you had moments um I know Rachel and I have when we did um uh, when we did Great and Mighty at, at Congress this year. Yeah. Um Man, I'll I'll never forget this moment, bro. Like, this like middle aged man came up to me. He wasn't like a teenager, and yeah, he came up to me and he was just weeping, bro. And um, you know, Great and Mighty came out in twenty seventeen, but most people yeah. heard it in twenty nineteen.
1: Right, right,
0: and that. That really ministered to me because it's like you can't put an expiration date on what God's going to use your song for, and I, this guy came up to me and he's just weeping. This like middle-aged man. He said, "He said you just don't understand. Like this song got me through cancer. Like you don't understand this got me through cancer." And I'm just like, "This was like, bro." He caught me like as we're about to go up. Thursday night and sing it. So I'm like bawling a mess because I'm like, God, only you. I mean, I'm so, you know, I'm so unworth, like this is just blowing my mind that you would use this song that way. And so many testimonies like that, to me, that was one of the most defining testimonies for a song that God had given me. Have you had moments like that where people just came to you and just blew your mind with, with what God had done for them through a song that God has given you?
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, I think for me, man, um, I've had a lot of personal um testimonies that have been given to me in person, but um, I think one of the coolest things um about the time that we live in is you know, social media and being able to see um, you know, the comments and different things that people leave on songs and whatnot, and so. Uh, wait on the Lord being on YouTube, um, bro, there's literally just, you know, thousands of comments on the video of wait on the Lord on YouTube. Wow. And, um, there, there are so many different things that I can say, you know, so many different stories and, you know, like there's, there's, there's one particular member, uh, uh, that was a part of the recording, um, where um i I believe his parents uh they were watching the recording uh at the time uh that it was going on we had given special um streaming uh, access to Mm -hmm. people on the team and their families and this guy's particular family was watching it and at the time um uh, they were going through a really tough time in their marriage, and I think I'd even talked possibly about divorce or separation or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, anyways, long story short, they were watching uh, the recording, and during "Wait on the Lord," God began to deal with them and work on their marriage. And literally, during that song, healed their marriage as they were watching it, and oh, you know, they've never been the same since. Wow. Like, they're they're fine. God, literally in that moment of watching the song heal their marriage. And so, man, you know, that's one Jesus. moment that, that stands out and, you know, amongst others, but it is, man, it's incredible to, to just hear the stories of people. And, and this is what I always tell people about wait on the Lord. That particular song came during the most difficult season of my life. Right. Mm, yeah. And a season that I wanted so desperately to get out of, but God, God, took that season of my life and truly gave me beauty for my ashes. Wow. There were moments where I had nothing and I felt like, God, what are you doing? But God knew that by me going through that, it was going to bless so many other people. I don't think God caused it to happen, but God, in His infinite wisdom and knowledge and in His plan, knew that if I could just hold on, if I could just persevere, that he was going to use what I went through to help so many other people. And so uh, to anyone out there that's struggling with anything right now, uh, God may be allowing you to go through this right now, not for yeah. you. So many people, man, what have I done? What what have I done to deserve what, what's going on in my life? What yeah. have I done to deserve the sickness, the pain, the heartache? You haven't done anything, but God is allowing you to go through this right now because through you going through what you're going through, there are going to be so many people that we're going to be ministered to by the testimony that God gives you, and and the inspiration and the wisdom that God gives you uh, through going uh, through what you're going through right now. So, uh, yeah, just just be encouraged there. But yeah, it's it's amazing, man. It's amazing to to be a part of uh, God doing something like that through uh, what. You felt like was just a horrible season of life, and to see God just completely turn that around and make something beautiful out of it—it's just amazing.
0: Yeah, oh, bro, that's so good. You know, an- another name that comes to mind that just matches up so well with what you just said is—is is Frankie Taylor. Like his new, yeah, his new. Um, I was yes. I was privileged to get to fly out for his live recording, and bro. Yeah. I mean, you guys listening, uh, get ready, because this album, <laughs> yeah, I yeah. mean, I, I I think you were able to catch some of it live stream, Frankie was telling me, yep. Yep, uh, but bro, like, his song, In Control, and what's, you know, his dad's sickness, and, and it's it's so funny, like, I was even talking to Brittany Scott, um, mm-hmm. we were in the studio with, with her and Frankie this week, and it's like, yes. every song, like, wait on the lord and i i use that as like the example because it's that amazing but every every song like that tends to come from a really hard place like something really 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 hard that somebody went through and so you know we don't want to go through that season but that's the season that god uses to change the world it's like that's that's what he does but bro i i considered um NAYC, like one of the greatest privileges of my life to get to, to worship with you, and uh, man, just to get to hang out for that eight or nine days, could you tell us a little bit about, and man, we had some fun too, Oh, so fun, but could you tell us a little bit about what was that like for you, leading worship in front of that many people and, and singing your songs in front of that many people?
1: it wow it really was a surreal moment man um and to me and I've told several people this singing at naYC is the greatest privilege that I will ever have in my life and I mean that sincerely wow um, uh as far as you know being able to minister and worship and sing somewhere because you know there's some people, man, who uh, aspired to sing at the Grammys and sing at the Dove Awards or uh, sing for the president of the United States at, I don't know, an inauguration or something. And right. all of those yeah. things would be, I'm sure, very prestigious things to do. But to me, the greatest honor and the most humbling thing is when you get to stand before the body of Christ uh, and lead them in worship. Uh, especially when you talk about yeah. the generation of young men and young women coming along behind us, that I truly believe are going to just take this thing to another level and yeah. to have the honor I to be able it. to lead yeah. them in worship. It was, it was the honor of a lifetime, not something that I'll soon forget. And um, I just, you know, when you're in, when you're in a moment like that, you try to be in it, but also, try to take snapshots so that you can remember uh, remember moments and remember times uh, and, and just not be so in the moment that you forget what it was even like. Exactly, but yeah. I remember just trying to take some snapshots, and it uh, it was incredible, man. Uh, just the team that we had to work with that week, so many people that were um, not only talented but anointed and, and genuine and humble. And so – it was again the the honor of a lifetime to be able to be with you and your wife and Frankie and everyone else that was on the team. Uh, I just, I'm just extremely grateful for the opportunity. Man,
0: we feel the same way, bro. What an honor. Well, bro, I I, I have one more question for you. I, the The problem here is that I could probably talk to you and make this like a seven hour podcast easy (laughs) I mean I don't even think it would be hard to make it happen but um but I'm gonna close out with this question for the sake of your time and and just I feel so privileged to get to have this conversation with you bro but um I and I anytime I get to interview a man of God like yourself and and uh you know you're you're entering to this um new season of of evangelism and here we are and and and, in a new year and there's just Goodness, there's just so much exciting stuff happening in the kingdom of God, and yeah. I, I, anytime I get a chance to to talk to uh, somebody that's anointed like yourself, I I try to ask them this question in closing. And Thursday night at Congress, uh, Brother Jack Cunningham, he preached about being apostolic to the core and Generation Z, yeah. and this message absolutely shook me. I don't think I'll ever forget it for as long as I live, and. Uh, yeah. What do you think, you know, going into this new year, what would you like to leave with our listeners? What do we need to do to make absolutely sure, certain that we are apostolic to the core?
1: You know, for me, um and I can just kind of speak to what God has been dealing with me about um I think and I think even brother Brown, brother Mark Brown kind of touched on this seems so simple and so um, uh, stereotypical, it, like this is what you're kind of supposed yeah. to say. But oh, yeah. God has just really been dealing with me uh, about just personal disciplines, uh, spiritual disciplines a prayer, fasting, and being in the Word. And I strongly feel like there is a revival right now of young men and young women who are— um, not content with simply knowing God in a service setting, but not really knowing God outside of that. And I'm sure one can make the point, do you even really know God if the only time you talk to him is during church? Uh, So to, you know, to the generation uh, behind me and to anyone that might be listening, I would say this, less, you know, as as a generation, as a movement, uh, let's let's make a concerted effort to um, make sure that we are doing our due diligence to pray yeah every day getting the word every day yeah. amen and yeah. and to fast and to um, crucify our flesh um, it's so easy to uh, you know again come to church and not do those things but for me, man, that's that's kind of what 2020 is going to be about. I feel like it's what God is really uh, impressed me to do personally. And then also whenever I'm speaking and ministering um, at at events and different things, it's going to be something that I feel like God is going to um, uh, impress upon me to speak about because I feel like it's something that is so uh, pertinent to where we're at. Yeah, um, yeah. We can get so caught up in, in, in doing church and, and, Mm -hmm. and going to church that we forget that, uh, you know, we need to know the God of, of church. And so uh, that's something, man, that, that God has really just been impressing upon me to develop even more so in my own personal life is those disciplines of prayer, the word and, and fasting. And I believe if our generation can get a hold of that it will be explosive the growth that god uh will facilitate through us man and you know brother brother brown touched on it you know not not as many people pray as 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 we think and but i I believe he shared that and i believe he kind of drew attention to that because um that's getting ready to change and i feel that in my spirit i don't say that with You know, gloom and doom, but I feel like God is raising up a generation that is going to be committed to prayer, going to be committed to the word and committed to, uh, you know, fasting. Uh, And in that, um, I really believe we're going to be able to retain, um, you know, so many of, of, of the students of the generation coming up and so many of the young people of the generation coming up because they're going to have a foundation. You know, your spiritual disciplines are your foundation. If you don't have those, then you can can easily be uh, swayed. You can easily be persuaded to go a different direction. But uh, I feel such a strength in our generation and the generation coming on behind us that they're really going to develop their relationship with God for themselves. And in so doing, bro, they're going to preserve what we all love and um just value and that is the the truth of of this apostolic doctrine and so i'm encouraged man that's kind of what god has been dealing with me about and i believe that if we can do this we're going to see the greatest days of the church you know that we've ever seen
0: man i believe that wholeheartedly in jesus name well james man this has been such a privilege i was wondering if you would mind closing us out in prayer tonight
1: no, sir. God, we thank you today for your grace. We thank you for your mercy, God. On this podcast, I felt your spirit so strongly. and God, I'm asking you right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would touch each and every listener that's listening to this right now. I ask, oh God, that your anointing would be upon them. I believe, Lord God, that we are living in In the greatest days of the church and God, we've been called into the kingdom for such a time as this. I pray for each and every person, oh God, that is going through a season right now that we talked about where maybe they feel obscure and maybe they feel like you don't have anything for their life. And they feel like they just can't uh, seem to get it right with their relationship with God. I pray for them right now. I pray that you would strengthen them. I pray Lord, that you would encourage them. I pray in Jesus name, oh God, that they would feel your presence, Lord, and know that there is divine destiny on their life. God, that from the moment that they were conceived, oh God, that you had a plan and a purpose for them. God, I pray in Jesus name that your blessing would be upon each and every person listening. God, I believe that we're getting ready to see the greatest days the church has ever seen. And God, we thank you in advance for everything that you're going to do. In Jesus name, amen.
0: James, I love you so much, man. I'm so thankful for your friendship. And I want you to know that this conversation has just richly blessed me. And it just made my day, bro. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to do this, man.
1: Oh, bro, thank you so much for having me. It's been a high honor.
0: Man, I appreciate you so much. And we'll we'll be in touch when that new recording comes out. Please let me know because I have to be the first one to buy it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Have to be.
1: laughs> Absolutely, bro. We'll do man.
0: man, thanks so much. I love you, bro. We'll talk to you soon.
1: All right. Love you, mate.